Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. Uh, We are uh, going to get into some good things from the Word of God tonight. Such a privilege uh, to be ministering the Word, to to, uh, uh, such a privilege to be receiving the Word, the Word that God uh, has for us and the things that God's saying to us. We're in a, we're in a, a very, if I could say it this way, we're in a very pivotal season. Uh, as a church, as a fellowship, that that God is uh, continuing with this shift that has been going on since maybe last summer, and we're consistently shifting into a higher a higher gear, uh, a uh, a greater flow of the things of God. I uh, received information today from uh, a minister that's a part of our fellowship. And uh, they were believing God for certain things. And the Lord said to them one day, one morning, he said, uh, as you pray for Pastor Steele, Pastor Philip Michelle, as you pray for them and faith builders, I will always take care of the needs of your ministry. And uh, the the scripture that they... uh, uh, were led to was the scripture in Job where it says when Job prayed for his friends, uh, the Lord restored double. Well, the long and short of it is there's two things I'll share with you very quickly because this is the season we're in. And uh, they had some roofing issues on their church uh, that they needed uh, the money to fix. And one day they were talking and they said, well, you know, we can, we can just take the money out of the general fund and uh, uh, their spouse, who's the co-pastor, made the statement. They said, no, let's just wait because I believe the money will come in because we've been praying that all of faith builders' needs would be met. And I know you're kind of probably jumping ahead uh, in the story with me, but you know what happened? All the money came in that they needed to fix their roof. It came in extra, above, over, and above. Uh, They uh, were having a lot of difficulties with their uh, live stream, with their, uh, the computers that they had uh, in their AV department. And uh, the, uh, the AV people came to the pastor one day, they came to her and said, look, the computer is not working. We've shut it down. We've rebooted it. We've done everything that we know to do. And she said, I stopped them. And I said, all right, let's everybody right now, let's raise our hands and let's pray for Faith Builders equipment. Let's pray that everything that they need will work right and that it'll all be well and they'll have all the equipment that they need. And she took some time there and just, they all just praised the Lord and began to thank God that that all of our needs would be met. 
Well, uh, they were having a conference at their church, and a minister, a pastor that attended the conference, uh, said, "Can I meet you before? Can I meet you before service?" And they said, "Yes." And uh, this man, some number of years ago, used to have a recording studio, a television studio, that he actually sold to a Christian network. And so he had some idea about broadcasting and these different things. And uh, as he was sitting there, he said, uh, you know, I watch your healing school uh, every week. He said, I don't get to watch your Sunday services because I'm in church. He said, but here's what I would like to do. He said, I would like to upgrade all your equipment. Ah, hallelujah. And he said, I found a package because I was somewhat in the industry. I think this would be a good package. And uh, it, it has all the cameras they want, all the equipment they want, all right? And it doesn't take multiple people to run it, all right? One person can pretty much do it, uh, uh, but it's still a very quality package. And the price of the package was right at $17,000. And so as, here's what I'm trying to say. God is using this ministry as a catalyst to bless other ministries. Amen. The hand of God is strong upon our churches and upon our ministry right now, and we have to continue to push into everything that God has for us because this is the year of turning and forward momentum. They had grabbed a hold of the word, the part of the word uh, that the Lord had given us for 2023 that said there would be sudden change and improvement. They had grabbed a hold of that, and, and you know things change suddenly and things improve suddenly. The Lord gave another word when I was in Kansas and said there's coming, there's going to be a hard turn. It's not going to be a slow, gradual turn. It's going to be like hitting the brakes and turning. That's exactly what has happened. Amen. That's the season that we're in. All of us can grab a hold of that sudden change and improvement. This, this Things that need to change are going to change quickly, not gradually, quickly. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I believe God so. Father, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Uh, join me in Mark chapter 4, and we want to continue with uh, receiving maximum results from the Word. This is the seventh part of this series, and uh, I'm not hurrying. I'm not trying to, to move on through this. I just keep soaking in the revelation the Lord's helping us to see. And Mark chapter 4 and uh, verse 13, Jesus said, Do you not know this parable? How then will you know all parables? And then verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word. The Berkeley translation says, if you don't understand this parable, how can you understand any parable? Another says, how then are you going to understand anything or any parable? So he states two things here. That number one, if you don't understand what he's saying in Mark chapter 4, you have a hard time understanding anything he says. Secondly, he says the context of this parable is the word. <clears throat> the sower sows the word. The Weymouth translation says what the sower sows is the word. So the parable deals uh, with those two things. Now, it also deals with the enemies of the word. It deals with what will hinder the word 
from producing maximum results. Now, we know that Satan is the ultimate enemy of the Word, but he requires our help to take the Word. He can't just come and take it, all right? He has to have our help in order to take the Word. It has to be yielded to him. And we've talked about that word yield. It means to give up the contest or submit, all right? So I have to give up the word to him. I have to yield the word to him. And the reality of it is, if I won't yield it, he can't take it. If I won't submit it to him, he cannot take it. <coughs> Excuse me. It's what I do with the word that determines whether or not I receive maximum results <coughs> from the word. Now, Let's go back to verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. I taught on this Sunday morning. And uh, you can go back on the Roku channel, uh, YouTube channel, podcast, and find uh, part 6. Because I taught on these verses on uh, uh, Sunday morning. And we dealt with the, the first enemy of the word found in these verses. But verse 18 says... These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, I've said this so far about every type of ground listed, and I want to continue. The word was intentionally sown in this ground, all right? It didn't accidentally fall there. It wasn't a mistake, all right? The Word was intentionally sown into this ground because every person, regardless of the condition of their heart, will hear the Word. They, what they, they may or may not do anything with it, all right? But we, we see that it was intentional. Hallelujah. Jesus lists three things in these verses that will choke the word and cause it and cause the man that hears the word to become unfruitful. Matthew 13, Matthew's account of this, says that when, when the thorns rise up and choke the word, that he, the man, becomes unfruitful. All right? Now, so he lists three things. Number one, the cares of this world. That's what we dealt with in the last message in this series. The cares of this world. And I won't take the time to go into that, but the word cares uh, it comes from a, a Greek synonym that means worry. All right, so the worries of this age, and we dealt with how worry will choke out the word in your life. So you can go online and listen to that. Number two, he says, the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. And then lastly, the lust. Notice lust, plural, lust of other things. The Weiss Bible says, the passionate desires with reference to the rest of the things not in these categories, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So in other words, there are other things that are not in the category of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and they will also enter in 
and choke the word. All right? So we don't know what all of those other things are, but the Bible uh, obviously will deal with lust of other things next week. It, it shows us the other things that can choke out the word. But tonight, we want to deal with specifically the deceitfulness of riches. Now, the danger in the things that are listed here is that they have the ability to choke the word. Please keep that in your mind and in your heart. The danger is that they can choke the word. Anything that can choke the word has to be known and resisted. All right? I have to stay away from it. I have to guard my heart from it. All right? So the danger is that they have the ability to choke the word. Now that word choke, obviously when we hear that, we think uh, the first thing that comes to your mind is choking a person, uh, strangling a person. And it does mean to strangle. It means to strangle completely. So we get the idea here then that the word is not just choked a little bit, it's choked completely. All right? It's strangled completely. And uh, it goes on to literally drown or to crowd. To, to literally drown or to crowd. So the, the, the cares of this world will overcome the world and drown it. All right? Overcome the word and drown it. Strangle it completely. The deceitfulness of riches will overcome the world and drown it. Strangle it completely. Crowd it out. All right? Think about that. The word is literally crowded out of that person's heart. It's not even there anymore. It was there and it was bearing fruit. But those things that they allowed in crowded it out of their life, choked it completely, and drowned it. Oh, hallelujah. And notice, any one of the three things listed or any of the other things not listed can choke the word. Now, remember, it doesn't say it has to, but it can. And the word became unfruitful. Notice, this is so important. It became unfruitful. What does that mean? It was producing fruit. It became unfruitful. It started being unfruitful. See, there's the answer to the age-old question. What happened to that guy? He was so on fire for the things of God. Uh, he, was, he was getting so much out of the Word. He was making such strides. What happened to him? What, how come things fell apart? Something got in and choked the Word. See, it's, it's simple. There, there are no uh, complicated answers in the Word of God. This is the answer. I've, I've had people say, I, I don't understand. That guy was making such strides and things were going so well. Uh, what happened? The word got choked. The word got strangled. See, the deceitfulness of riches is not, as the religious world says, just having money. Now, I'm teaching this message with the understanding that we've taught you well where prosperity is concerned. And that prosperity, having money, is God's will for you. 
Let me reiterate that from the very beginning. He says that it's when you are deceived by riches, all right, that it becomes a problem. Well, what does that mean? It means that you are driven by money, all right? It means that money is driving me. When Pastor Caldwell ministered the series, No More Limits, he made the statement over and over again. He would say, now, you got to keep this in balance. He would say, because some people are going to run out of here, and you're just going to say, yeah, I'm taking all the limits off, and I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to get all the uh, a brand new house and a brand new car and lots of good stuff. And, and he said, and you're going to miss the point. The point is, is that you remove the limits so God can do what he wants to do in your life, and you can be a blessing to other people. All right? See, it's when you're driven by money. It's when money is making your decisions. All right? It's when you decide what you're going to do based on money. That, 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 that is in the context of you decide because you don't have it or you decide because it'll get you more. Amen. I've watched people come to church before, and they'd get, uh, you know, born again or turned on to the Word or whatever the case may be, and learn how to believe God and, and learn how uh, uh, these principles work, and you would just see them in every service. You would see them on Wednesday and Sunday and, and, and prayer meeting and, and every service, and God would start blessing them, and their job would start prospering, and all these things would start happening, and, and they turned it around to where it was all about the money. And now I'm going to take every hour they'll give me. I'll work all the overtime they'll give me because I want more money. After all, God wants me to be blessed. And here's what they've done. They forgot that what produced the prosperity was their closeness to the Word. Right? What produced the prosperity was the Word that they had in their heart the connection to the word that they had. And what, what happened is they didn't just start not coming to church. The word was little by little choked out of their life because money began to be their focus. Amen. See, it, it's just being driven to go after more and more. That'll choke the word. I just want more, and I just want more and I just want more, and I just want more, and I just want more, all right? That will choke the word out because now money is driving me. Money, money, money is in charge. Money is in control. Now, you see this right on the, on the other uh, end of the spectrum, too, because, you understand, a lack of money, a lack of of money people will still be deceived by riches you're not just deceived by riches if you have them you're deceived by riches you can be deceived by riches if you don't have them because that person will say well I for instance I can't give because I don't have any extra well see they're being deceived by money money is still directing what they do and what they don't do. Hallelujah. 
This person is deceived into thinking money's the answer or that more money will fix the situation. And that's, that's deception. And if you look at Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul makes a statement here. And verse 10, he says, writing to the Philippian church that was partners in his ministry, verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again or is received. So notice, they had sent finances to Paul. They had sent a blessing to him, and he said, I have received it. Wherein you were also careful, meaning you wanted to help me before, but you lacked opportunity. And then he says, notice, verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere, in all things, I'm instructed to be full and to be hungry. Now, what that means when it says, I'm instructed to be full and to be hungry, I have learned, I have been instructed, all right? One translation says, I have learned the secret of facing either plenty or poverty. All right, I've learned. All right, what is that? What's the secret? I can do all things. Through Christ, it strengthens me. All right? Don't lose the context of that. You need to quote that and have that in your, your scripture confession list that you can do all things. But notice the perfect context. The perfect context is this. I have received the gift that you sent me. I am so thankful. I'm so blessed. Thank you for sending it. But understand, I'm not talking about my want. And then he says, I've learned something. That I can face abundance, and I can face a, a, a financial challenge, and I can respond in the same way to both of them, because I've learned that I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Woo, glory to God. Amen. The, the, the uh, one translation, when it says, Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content, I like this. I've learned to be independent of circumstances. Now think about that. If you are independent of circumstances, money has no bearing in your life. If I'm not moved, if I'm independent of circumstances, I've learned how to be independent of my circumstances I won't be deceived by money. Why? Because there are people that think the answer to their circumstances is money. They might need money, but the answer is not money. The answer is the word. See, what, what, what did the enemy come after? What did, what did those three things come after in Mark chapter 4? The word. And, and what was it? Deceitfulness of riches. Whether they had riches 
or didn't have riches, they were deceived into thinking that riches were the answer. And the context of that chapter is the word. And Jesus is saying, in reality, the word is the answer. And they were deceived into thinking money was the answer. And it's not. Hallelujah. So he said, I'm not moved by plenty or by lack. Now, you've reached a level of maturity in the Word, and you're going to receive maximum results from the Word when that's you. I'm not moved by plenty, and I'm not moved by lack. Now, remember, I'm teaching this with the understanding that you have been taught well where prosperity is concerned. It's not God's will that you lack. But you might face a situation in your life where it appears that there's not enough. You can't be moved by that. Right? You can't be moved by that. And, and money is not the sole answer there. Because you can have enough money to pay the bill, but if, listen, if you are not building your faith in the Word, and you're not building yourself up in the Word, the next time you face a challenge, you'll think that money's the answer, and the Word is the answer. See, the Word's the answer. The Word is what got you the victory in the last situation, not the money. It was the Word. What happened? The Word produced the money. Oh, glory to God. So he said, I can do all things through Christ. In other words, I can face lack through Christ, and I can properly handle prosperity through Christ. I heard Leroy Thompson say something a long time ago. He said, uh, uh, being able, and you know how Leroy would say, my God, being able to buy whatever you want, whenever you want, dangerous thing. Right? And then he'd say, because there are a lot of people, money, money is their God. And, and, and I understood what he was saying, but I never understood it completely till a couple years after I heard him say it. People can be deceived into thinking, if I just have enough money to do whatever I want, then I'm okay. Everything will be all right. Well, that'll choke the word because you'll start putting your trust in the money and then if, listen, if there's a financial challenge, you'll fall apart because your trust was not in the word, it was in the money. See, and then I'm deceived. Oh, glory to God. See, all it takes for some believers is to go through a financial challenge and they fall apart. That's all it takes. Because their, their trust is in the money. And, and if they go through a challenge, it gets them. Because why? Remember the very first message we taught? They didn't dig deep and found their life on the Word. And then when the storm came, the house fell. Oh, glory to God. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching and preaching to people tonight. I know, I know personally, because you've talked to me about it, how that, that God has done wonderful things in your finances. 
and God has come through and God has blessed you and God has delivered you. But I also know that you had to stand through the lean times to get to the times that you're in. And, and here's the thing. You don't have to go back. What ensures that you will not go back? When the Word stays your source and not the money. That's what ensures I'll never go back to that. I say this consistently. I will never be broke another day in my life. I will never experience poverty again another day in my life. Does that mean I won't face a financial challenge where there's something that I need or something that we need to do or something that, we, that God's asking us to do that we don't have the money for? No, that those things are part of growth. But here's the issue. I have the answer in the Word of God. If God asks me to do something that I don't see the money for in my bank account, I'm not deceived into thinking I can't do it by the lack of money. Money is not going to deceive me. I can do it through Christ because God asked me to do it regardless of what I see or don't see in the bank account. Now, right on the other hand, you can, you can look at a bank account that's full and overflowing and think, yeah, hey, man, everything's great. We got it. Praise God. We're, we're good. And, and, and what some people do then is they start backing off the word. They start backing off what God's asked them to do. They start, right? See, they're deceived by riches. God wants you to have an overflowing bank account. He said, I want you to have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every, there it is, and abound to every good work. Oh, glory to God. So God, God wants you to have more than enough so you can have money with a mission. So you can be a money missionary. So you, so you can help advance the purposes of the kingdom of God. And here's, here's the thing. You're, you're giving because you honor God, and the receiving is in the honor. The more you do for the kingdom of God, the more the kingdom of God does for you. And you, you're doing it because you love God, not because you're deceived into thinking that money is the answer. To be a money missionary... To have money with a mission, you have to understand that that's why money exists, is to advance the purposes of the kingdom of God. And as I advance the purposes of the kingdom of God, the kingdom meets my need over and above, exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When that becomes your idea and your mindset about riches, the word cannot be choked because you have the word in its proper position and money in its proper position. Hallelujah. The most blessed people I know are not only, well, let me say it this way. The most blessed people I know may not be the biggest givers I know, but they are the most consistent givers I know. Don't, 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 don't let that be lost on you. Consistent. Consistent. Because there are times that people will give a big seed, especially when they're in a problem. You understand? Because they need, I heard Brother Hagin say something one time. He said, uh, uh, very rarely, he said, are things emergencies. He was talking about prayer. And he said, very rarely do we have emergencies where you've got to just uh, 
pray about something you didn't know was going to happen. He said, most of the time, the things that you're praying about or the things that, that happen in your life, you knew they were going to happen. And he said, you either prayed about them or you didn't. They're not an emergency. I have found that as a general rule, most of the financial issues in people's lives are not emergencies. They are things they knew and didn't plan for or didn't sow for. You following me? So the most blessed people I know may not give the largest amounts in every offering. When I say not a large amount, I'm not saying they don't give large amounts. I'm saying in comparatively speaking, they might not be the biggest givers in the church, but they are the most consistent givers in the church. Consistent givers are proving that they're not deceived by money. I know why I'm blessed. I know why I'm supposed to sow and I'm supposed to give. I know why. All right? Not just to receive, to be a blessing, to help the church do what they're supposed to do, to help the ministry do what they're supposed to do. I know people every, every week that give into the Ezra Project. They give into 2414. They give into the Word Supply. They give into Double Honor. They make sure that they are sowing seed into the, and they tithe and, and they give into the general fund. They're making sure that they give into the kingdom of God. And every time they write out the check, uh, text to give, put the cash in the envelope, whatever they do, they are saying, look, I'm not deceived by riches. I know where my security comes from. Hallelujah. That's me. Y'all say that out loud. That's me. See, that's me. Hallelujah. I, I, I learned that. When Pastor Michelle and I got a hold of the Word of God, we needed everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know you hear people say that sometimes, but we literally needed everything. We, we really didn't have anything that was worth anything. But nothing. There, there was nothing. I look back on that, and there's nothing that I had that I would have given anybody because it wasn't worth anything. And we got a hold of the Word of God, and uh, there was a man that owned the business that Pastor Michelle worked for. And he gave her a, um, a class by a guy named Larry Burkett. Now, Larry Burkett is in heaven today. But he was like the, uh, the, the Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey will refer to Larry Burkett a lot. Larry taught a lot of the same things. And this man that my wife worked for, he wasn't the, the nicest guy in the world or maybe even the best guy in the world. But he recognized that we were facing challenges financially. And he recognized that we needed more knowledge. We needed knowledge more than we needed money. And he gave her this, uh, this uh, it was like a Financial Peace University course. I forget what they called it, but... Anyway, she brought it home, and, and we looked through it some, and, and, and I stand here now uh, 26, 27, 28 years later and say, you know, we probably didn't give it the attention that we should have. But I did get enough out of it to understand that I had a responsibility where these financial things were concerned. And it wasn't just about going after more money. 
It was about being consistent in what we were doing. And so we got a hold of the Word, and we got a hold of some very balanced teaching, thank the Lord, about the Word. And here's the thing. As the finances started to improve in our lives, we kept our grounding on the Word. We kept our grounding on the Word. This, this is the answer. This is what produced the prosperity in our lives. And so what you'll see is that people go through challenges and they want to make one massive seed dump and have everything change when had they just been consistent, those finances would steadily improve and steadily improve and steadily improve. Does that make sense? And then I'm not deceived by riches. See, money is not a source of, I'll list three things. Money is not a source of, number one, happiness. Money is not a source of happiness. You're happy when you have it. Amen. And you should have it. But it's not a source of happiness. The Word is the source of happiness. Now, here, let me caution you with this. If, uh, if, if you're dealing with lack... Don't fall into that mindset of, yeah, well, money don't make you happy as long as I got the Word. No, 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 no. When you read the Word, the Word wants you to have money. But understand what I'm saying. It's not a source of happiness. Don't be deceived. I say don't be deceived. If, If money made you happy, then people that you know and I know that have plenty should be the happiest people in the world. And there are people I know that have plenty of money, but they're not very happy. And right on the other hand, there are people that I know that don't have very much money. And guess what? They're not very happy. It is not a source of security. I mean, it can provide some temporal security, but long term, it's not a source of security. Don't be deceived. Number three, it is not a source of true prosperity. True prosperity. Money is involved in prosperity, but it is not prosperity. If if, if you look at the word prosperity, to prosper, all right, it's, it's connected to that word peace, which means wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. John said, I I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he shows us the three different places that the word of God will prosper us. It'll prosper us financially. It'll prosper us in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And it will prosper us spiritually. That's true prosperity. If you only have one of the three, you're not truly prosperous. Money alone is not true prosperity. If you get money out of its proper place, what happens? It chokes the word. It chokes the word. Money is a tool. Ever how you look at it. Well, pastor, you need money to pay your bills, right? Money is a tool to pay your bills. It's how you pay your bills. It's a tool. 
it's a tool. Money is a tool, giving and receiving. Money is a tool. Money is to be used. Money is not supposed to use us. It's to be used by us. Hallelujah. Money is seed. Money is needed in the world we live in. But money's not to be the focus of our endeavors. Hallelujah. Now, listen, how do I know this? Because there are people that want to go to the job they have and give a half effort with a bad attitude and still receive their full check. Now, what's the source? What, what is the focus then of their endeavor? Money. And so they are deceived into thinking that how they act and the job they do doesn't matter. And then if they get fired, they get mad at the person firing them. Why? They were only after money. See, when I go to my job, I want to do a good job, number one, because I represent Christ. I represent Christ. Number two, I'm a Christian. I'm a man of integrity. When I was hired on that job, I, I told that employer that I would do the job they asked me to do, and I would do it to the best of my ability. I would show up at a certain time and work till a certain time, and there are things I will do and things I won't do on that job. Do, do you see this? So my paycheck then is a result not only of coming to work, but how I work when I'm at work. Did, did I lose some of y'all? You understand? If, if you come to work and your attitude's bad and you're just kind of there, right? And, 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 and you're not giving your best and you don't take any, any uh, I don't like to use the word pride, but, but you, don't, you, don't, you don't care how your job is done. It can be half done or a third of the way done or whatever. You're just there, you're just there to get a check. You are deceived by money. The, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, why would you set your eyes, it says, labor not to be rich. Now, understand what we're saying. Again, we've taught you very well on prosperity. God wants you to be rich, even rich, rich, rich. Fully supplied, rich, rich, rich. But he's saying, when you get your focus and your attention on money, you're going to omit something that's more important. In this case, like the Word. Amen. Think about that. If I go to my job, and I give a half effort, and I complain like everybody else, and I gripe, right? Then how can I ever witness to them and tell them about Jesus? How, how can I ever show the difference that God made in my life. Hallelujah. See, money is not the focus of our endeavors. If God's blessed you with a good job, the money is there 
because of the blessing of God on your life and because of your heart towards God. Don't allow circumstances to change your ideas and to change your focus. Keep your focus on being the man or the woman that God wants you to be that has hidden the word in your heart so that you might not sin against the Lord. And the heart is full of the word of God. And because the heart is full of the word of God, the blessings of God are on your life. Don't don't allow the focus to become something else. Hallelujah. Look at Luke chapter 12. I hope I'm helping you. I've had to learn this because, you know, when you need everything, I mean, clothes and shoes, I'm, I, again, I'm so glad that the Lord hooked us up with very balanced people because very often when you need everything, it's the things can become the focus. That'll choke the word if you're not careful. Hallelujah. Luke 12, verse 16, he spake a parable to them. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Well, I've prospered. Right? And there wasn't anything wrong with him prospering. But notice what he said. Where am I going to put all this? He said, here's what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have much good laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God said unto him, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Who shall those things be which you have provided? Notice, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Notice something. This man had money, but no security. Money, but no security. Without the word, there's no security in money. I've said this over the years. I've heard other people say it that are people of the word. If you took everything away from me that I have in my life, I can get it all back through the word. Just the reality of it. The word produced it. The word can get it back. See, I've got security in the Word, not in money. That's what chokes the Word. When your security is in your money, your security is not in the Word. Well, the reverse is true. When your security is in the Word, it's not in the money. The Word produced the money. Glory. The Good Speed Translation says, you have great wealth stored up. Another says, you have a great amount of goods in store. Simply put, this man was deceived by riches. I have plenty. I have more than enough. He thought everything was all right because he had great wealth stored up, but he had no security. He had no foundation. God desires and his plan is, is that all of his children be amply supplied, even rich, 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 rich. Matter of fact, you ought to say that out of your mouth. Say, I'm fully supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. See, that's God's plan for you. 
from the scriptures. But understand something. Money is not worthy of our trust. Not worthy of our trust. We trust God and his word. I heard a man say it this way one time. We love God and we use money. We never love money and use God. It's so important. I, I can stand here tonight and tell you, I, I am not one bit concerned about any financial area in our lives. Not our personal finances, our church finances. Not, not concerned one bit. Now, are there things that, that need to be better? Yes. Are there things that need to improve? Yes. Are there things that, that, that we need to see increase in? Yes, because we need to increase. But here's my point. I'm saying this to you. God has fully supplied, completely filled every need, every, I would even say to this point, the desires that we have. But here's the issue. It's because money never became our source. We trust God, not money. See, to trust in money is to choke the word. If I trust money, I choke the word. And, and that's why we trust God. See, he says that this can choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now think about this. I'll, I'll start wrapping it up with this. When a person gets a hold of the word of God where their finances are concerned, and whatever state that they were in, they find out that Philippians 4.19 said that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ. And boy, they grab a hold of that. Thank you, Father. I believe that you're supplying all of my need according to your riches and glory in Christ. All right. And what happens? The word begins to be fruitful. Right? You think of any number of scenarios. Uh, they get a better job. They get a raise on their job. They get bonuses that they weren't getting before. I've had people come to me and tell me that. I never got bonuses like this till I got a hold of the Word. Well, then what produced the bonus? The Word. Right? Because they're the same employee working for the same job. The thing that changed was they got a hold of the Word of God. All right? So the Word is working. The Word is producing fruit. Now, the Bible says that the Word of God is incorruptible seed, meaning that, that it will continue to produce. It's incorruptible. All right? You plant it in your heart, it's going to bring forth. Here's the thing, though. It's fruitful. The Word is working. My job is to guard against this mistaken idea that more is my source. More will come, and you should get more. You should advance. Your life should be more blessed next year than it is this year. Don't mistakenly begin to believe that that is your source because the Word is working. We don't want it to become unfruitful. We don't want it to become unfruitful. God is the total source of my supply. And I will not be deceived by riches. I won't allow riches to make me happy or to make me sad. I'm content. Oh, hallelujah. You enjoy the blessings of God. 
you're not joyful because you're blessed. You're joyful because that's part of your reborn human spirit. You're, you're joyful because you're saved. You're joyful because you're part of the family of God. The blessings are part of you being in the family and having the Word working in your life. And you enjoy every blessing, but you understand that that blessing is not my source. It's not my master. It's, right? The Word is the source. The Word is the source. And you keep the Word as the source in your life. And I promise you this, I guarantee you this, you'll never be out of money. You'll never be out of money because you, you don't let the word get choked. Let, let me end with this. And that's why you've heard over the years, I've heard my pastor say it and other ministers say it, and I've said it, that you don't want to be deceived into thinking, you know, we'll, we'll, that, that there are people that think everything's okay just because they're, they're, they're blessed, that, 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 that the finances are good, Right? And they don't have to deal with the other attitudes in their heart and these different things because the, the finances are good. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're being deceived. They're being deceived. And eventually that's going to choke the word out of their heart. When you, keep, when you keep your life grounded on the word of God and you make the word of God your focus and you make the word of God your, uh, you, make, you make the word of God your source, You'll never be deceived by money. Everything, John chapter 1 says everything, all things that were created came from the Word. Everything. Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe that? I know that's a little different message, but nonetheless, it'll keep you free.